Hallå så välkommen till Lisa plus Vina Alexant, en podcast om naturlig vin och människan bak. Är till Lisa Anes. Kära lyssnare Lisbusvin Alexant, jag har skrivit bok och den heter Naturvin. Hvis du liker podden, tror jag du kommer att lika boka också. Den finns på Ark och Noli och kan beställas på naturvinboka.no. På den nettsidan finner du också information om framtida vinkurs, boksigneringar och annagar. Uansett, tusen tack nog en gång för att du hörer på. Här är er Mons episode. Och där är er du. Vill du? Ja. Här är er jag. Sitter här i vårt gardinrum. I vårt nya studio. Ja. Jag liker. Det är er första inspelningen nu i detta här gamla tekniska rummet som nu blir ett studio förhoppningsvis. Det är er det. Ja. Vill du fortälla mig vad du spiste till frukost? Och vill du introducera dig själv ja. först då? Jag vet om det här blir med, men kanske det ska bli med för det är en studio. Ja. Eh, men den är er Martin, en dramense med iskaner. Eh, så jag Ja, det är er Iskna, Mackloin, Mockeloin, uppfinnligt så är er det skotskaner där vi så går 400 år tillbaka. Mockeloin betyder the servants of the order of oin. Alltså har er det blivit Mackloin då. Ja, ja, ja. Så pappa mötte en blondine från Vålerenga i Etiopia en gång på 80-talet under Live Aid. Alltså det det är er starten på min livshistoria. Wow. Men nu jobbar jag med ägdomsteknologi. Så en väldigt närt, inte så närt besläktat till vin faktiskt. Men vi har lite självpromotering. Du har en podcast. Vi har det. Praktisk praktik, eh, hvor vi promoterar egentligen att praktisk praktik är er en ägdomsteknologisk dugnad, hvor vi prövar att accelerera adoptionen av eh, nya bärkraftiga teknologier för byggnaden våra, att sörja för att de är er energieffektiva. Eh, Blandt så det er inför det svårt som heter praktik eller property technology, ägdomsteknologi på gott norsk. Och Martin, vad spiser du till frukost idag? Åh, mega gott spörsmål. Det är er fem eh, kornslag, gröt, ah. five grain porridge med estiska org- organiska, nej inte organiska, ekologiska. Jag översätter lite fel från engelska några gånger. Med estiska ekologiska eh, korntyper. Wow. Jag kan inte säga si alla på norska, men det är er i alla fall havre, eh, bygg, odra. Hirs. Ja. Hirsche. Hirsche. Mm. Och två till. Hirsche er väldigt sunt smakar papp i min erfaring. Jag prövade laga hirs, ren hirschegröt sen men eller så har jag gjort något galet ja. för att han vill inte ha det och det vill inte jag heller för att säga kokosmjölk. Ja, okay. alltså man då laddar den längre tid än vanlig grött. Mm. Så tar ofta 20 minuter. Ja, vi plejer vi har alltid grött i frukost så jag varierar lite med grötttyperna. Det är ju podcast med Willebrygg så hade de alla hade gröt och jag hade gröt ja. så det kanske det borde heta Lisa plus gröt eller sant. Det kunde varit en god spännande podcast för det jag tror det är er mycket större variation i grötsvärlden för att vad är er det man har på gröten? Och där var det Eller hur man lagar man gröten? Jag brukar av till äppeljus i gröten eller apelsinjuice eller en blandning med mjölk istället för liksom. Okej. Okay. Jag funderar egentligen bara double down on toppings så bara kör med vatten. Ja. 
Ja, vi har ju mjölkkörskap på sättet. Ja, nej, jag brukar havremjölk syns jag gott. Havre på havre blir men det blir väldigt creamy. Ja, megat bra eller kokosnöt. Nej, kokosmjölk men det är er fortsätt lite dyrt. Mm, det är er en god det är er en söndagsgrösen. Ja. Mm. men med mango, nu är er det ju mangosäsong. Jag bor på mm. Grönland. Härlig god tillgång till mango så färsk uppkuttat mango och för en liten boost lite lönnesirup. Ja. Deilig. Ja. Expensive er men gott. Ja, det brukar vara lite. Men sin det här är er inte en grötpodd men en vinpodd så ska vi se si tusen tack Martin. Yes. Och all to the show. Brum. Det är bra. Okay, pink okay. it means it's working and <laughs> pink is good. No. Matteo, will you tell me what you had for breakfast this morning? This is how I like to open the podcast. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any breakfast this morning? I did. I did absolutely and uh, it's something that I like. Sometimes it's nice to have a leisurely morning. Uh, yesterday we've been working, uh, yesterday we had we've been partying, so this morning I woke up uh, not late, not neither even really early. And uh, I went down, I brewed some coffee. So I had first thing, a cup of coffee, and then few fried egg, fried egg, uh, but wrapped on themselves. Mm, so like nice. small egg dumpling yeah, <laughs> together nice. with some cheese. And I had a leftover uh, cold spring roll from uh, Lille Saigon. Oh wow! <laughs> so that's, that's such a great breakfast. It is. It was a powerful. Wow. It was a powerful one. <laughs> Amazing. All right. All right. Well, uh, now that we've heard about your amazing breakfast, Matteo, welcome to the show. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. 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 So I'm uh, Matteo, the second son of uh, the Kerosene family and uh, I work uh, in the vineyard at Kerosene. I take care of the plants and uh, my brother is taking care of the of the cellar, mm. the cellar duty. So he's the wine guy, I'm the vine guy. <laughs> ah. And then I've read somewhere that you also make beer. Yes. Is that still the case? Yes, it's the, it's the same case, it's still the case and uh, we work in the same way with the has with the wine. So I take care of growing the cereal for the beer, and my brother he brew the beer. Wow, that is so cool. It is. It is. We can we can blend uh, more agricultural product in the same uh, in the same farm, mm. which is uh, kind of the score of a farm to to have mul- multiple um, situation where you can. Rely on uh, rely on grape, re- rely on cereal, mm. maybe rely on fruits. Mm. So to to be to be multitask a yes. multitask farm. How so? I know nothing about beer brewing. How, do you can you brew beer at any time of the year, or is it like with wine that there's a specific time for making and there's a specific time for harvesting? No, no, no. Beer beer you can make it everywhere at any time. So you get to work all year round <laughs> <laughs> instead of getting a break like other winemakers. Yeah, but as, as uh, you can make it all year round, you can stop when you want as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, what no, style of beer do you make? We do a blonde, a blonde ale. Uh, is a is a top fermented beer, mm. and uh, since we are using our cereal, the the last batch has been has been brewed with um, um, barley malt. Yeah, and uh, using barley malt together with uh, two hops, uh, European hops, because we don't want this uh, weedy, hazy smell in in the beer. Since mm. the cereal is ours, we would like to have to mark 
the, the, the taste, the flavor of the beer on the cereal. So mm. uh, little hops from, uh, from Europe, so mild, uh, mellow with a light bitterness. And for this time, barley. Mm. Next time, next year, most likely, we will try with some uh, rye. Yeah, cool. Hmm. Wow. Uh, oh, this is not a beer podcast, by the way. So, listener, if you're thinking I hit the wrong button, then no, it's still a wine podcast. But uh, <laughs> I love drinking beer, but uh, I feel like uh, this is what a lot of people say to me about wine. I love wine, but I don't know anything about it. I love mm-hmm. beer, but I have no clue how it's made. <laughs> 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 a little bit, but not like with wine. But as long as you trust your beer and mm. uh, your bartender... You don't have really to dig in because <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a wild world. Is a the beer world is always expanding. There are new things happening. Mm. The latest one are cold IPA. Yeah. So different process of putting the, the and the, the sour hops. beer has become a thing in Norway now at least, mm-hmm. which I think it's I think is nice, refreshing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. And uh, there are in Norway there are some really good sour beer producer I, mm. i've been trying some few bottles in the last in the last days like ekotid yes yeah yeah those guys are wow yeah. wow you can recognize the sourness from a, from a proper fermentation i love their stuff man mm-hmm. it's so good cool well uh, moving on to wine uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you um you have become a bit of a wine celebrity in Norway the last few <laughs> months. If anyone has been paying attention, your photo has been popping up in newspapers and books. I'm kind of, well, I'm not really joking. I've written both. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, Karusin, your winery is so interesting because of the way that you work. Uh, obviously, I've never had the pleasure of visiting you, although my friend Anne Valer has. But... I do know from research that you work with donkeys, you work with polyculture, you have the beer brewing going as well as the winery. And it's so fascinating and so inspiring, I think. How did you... Tell me a bit about the story of the wine farm. Where did it all start and how did this all come about? Well, thanks, uh, thanks a lot, and I'm not ready yet to be a celebrity, by the way, so... (laughs) You already are. Stop fighting it. (laughs) But yeah, we, our farm, our our farm works basically, or is built basically around passions and respect of each other's passions. Since we are a family, and luckily, we we understand each other's quite well, and we we give the space to to everyone in the family to do what they like to do. So, for example, the donkey, they have been a passion developed by my mom. Many years ago, many mm. years ago, I'm thinking like more than 15 years ago, and uh, he started this uh, this craving for uh, that animal, for the donkey, because it's uh, such a great animal, really cute, uh, really easy to understand, calm, smart, is a relaxed animal, and uh, is great. Uh, and since it's, it, it is a smart animal, it's not e- super easy to make it work to <laughs> to to. to to start working with the donkey. Are the they beginning. stubborn like uh, the myth in Norway? They, at least we say stubborn as a donkey. Yeah, mm. yeah they, they are, but it's not because they 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 are stubborn. I mean, they don't do what they don't understand. Because mm. um, if if um, if a donkey is used to to walk a path, the same path every day, maybe if there is a tree falling, 
you need to take time because the donkey see the tree, the tree in the middle of the path. So mm. it, it is something different from what he remembered. And so he stopped. Mm. So for that is a nice animal because is is an animal that uh, mm, he tried to understand the environment and is not acting because of the instinct. Mm. If uh, if uh, if you compare to to a horse, perhaps a horse is much more dynamic as an animal. is is a is a powerful animal, and in biodynamic, for example, horses are related to fire. Mm. Horse manure is related to the fire element because mm. it's that kind of animal. Donkeys are the other way around. <laughs> they are they are not uh, they are not uh, stupids. <laughs> they are, they they are they are calm and uh, they are just, they just want to know what's happening around. Mm. And we use them uh, not to work in the vineyard but mainly with kids. Because mm. my mom started a summer school, a summer camp together with the donkey and uh, and so that's now the duties of the animal. That's so nice. <laughs> it is. It is because you can, we can teach values and uh, and uh, new way of looking at things through the donkey to the kids. Because mm. donkey is not a a really energetic animal. Mm. So it's actually it mainly is doing nothing, standing around kids, <laughs> looking around, <laughs> and then the kids can. Can uh, can play with him, can brush him, and we do games with donkeys. Mm. So that's the function of the donkey, and and the donkey is 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 the is the flag of the farm nowadays. So it started as a joke, and then <laughs> he ended up being uh, an essential an essential uh, figure in yeah. the farm. Mm. Also because the first it, it really started as a joke because the first donkey my mom got was a, a Valentine's Day present from my father. <laughs> <laughs> so my father gave it to my mom as a pregnant donkey. So he bought two at the price of one. <laughs> Did he know it was pregnant? Uh, I don't know. He thought it, maybe he thought it was fat and that's it. <laughs> and so we started. Now we have uh, six donkeys at the farm and, uh, and four more that we, we gave to other, to other, um, uh, to colleagues, mm. that they, they use it for the same purpose with kids, mm. or maybe they have a piece of wood they want to keep clean, so they have the donkey in the wood, so they can, uh, they can take care of the, of the grass and the weeds. Mm. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, but that's, uh, that's again, follow, it's, it's something that it developed, it took a direction, but has been uh, it started from uh, from passion mm. from following fo following the passion and having the the time and the space to develop that passion mm. and it's the same uh, with the beer my brother when he was 13 he started uh, to think about other kind of fermentations not only wine and uh, struggling a little bit because uh, my mom was was uh, she ended up uh, almost crying every night when, when she when she discovered that my brother was interested in beer because oh, no. <laughs> he was like ah oh, my torn in the side yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, even even uh, even if uh, she wasn't and my father as well they weren't that happy they they left space mm. for my brother to follow his passion and now we have also a brewery and uh, for what I for what I can say for my point for for my position, they gave me a lot of space to 
to not take over but to be more and more uh, decisional on uh, on the vineyards mm. and on the, on the on the farming production mm. so cereal fruits uh, we started that because they they allowed they they gave me the right space mm. and the right freedom to do it so this is this is carousine this is <laughs> is a blend of uh, is a mess <laughs> because it is a mess but it's a blend of uh, of people with passion and uh, respect of each other's and uh, and of course respect of what they do mm. because there there um, we 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 joke a lot but there is, is no joke what we do that's <laughs> Um, so obviously you work with your parents. Did they buy the farm in the first place or was it again inherited from somebody no, oh, else? Mm, the, the, no, the farm is, uh, my brother and I will be the fifth generation. Oh, wow. Yeah, making wine in San Marzano because uh, the, the great grandfather of my mom, he bought the, the farm in San Marzano Oliveto. Uh, and uh, he moved from Calosso, which is a 10 kilometers uh, village. Mm. But back in the days, it was like uh, overseas almost, <laughs> far, far away, 10 kilometers. So he moved in San Marzano and then he started the, the farm. And then uh, the farm uh, ended up in my mom, under my mom's uh, uh, direction in 1988, because mm. uh, her father uh, unfortunately died young. So she, she took over the farm and uh, she took over the farm with a three years old kid and a three month old kid. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then the, the, the father passed away. So <laughs> and, and, uh, and she managed, she managed very well. How was it for her also at that time being a female ahead of, uh, ahead of the farm? Was that at all reactionary or was it normal? In the... No, no, no. It was uh, was uh, was something kind of reactionary mm. and uh, and of course she had to deal also she had to face that as well mm. so people talking back uh, of uh, of, a, of a woman mother because my mom was doing crazy things she was loading the van and starting from san marzano going all around germany by mm. car alone for Oy. three weeks <laughs> selling wine to restaurant doing wine first tasting Crazy, crazy stuff, crazy wow. stuff. I, well, would, you do I wouldn't what you be have able to do, to do it. Oh, That's right. You she do what like you... a tough woman. Yes. <laughs> sweet like and tough, sweet and tough. I want her on the podcast too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Now she's a full-time grandmother. And, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, so the farm, the farm is, a, is a family farm. We mm. always made wine. Back in the days we were doing apples too. We had animals. And then, uh, and then the time switched a bit the, the production and now by without um, without intention but uh, by doing we are going back mm -hmm. on what we were back in the days we are only missing uh, um, uh, money animal so animal to make uh, to to sell for the meat mm -hmm. or uh, we only we are only missing that and then we are, we are really like we were three <laughs> generations ago <laughs> <laughs> full circle yes mm. yes which is important mm. it is important not to be autarchic or to to show something, but uh, it's just a matter of freedom. Mm. Is 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 another is another is another light for the on the freedom aspect. Mm. Obviously, today you are a uh, biodynamic uh, winemaker. I don't know if you're certified, but 
Your... Yeah, we, we got certified this year. Oh, congratulations. No, thanks. Amazing. <laughs> but I also, I mean, you work in biodynamic respects. And uh, was that always the case with the farm or was it uh, at some point where there was more chemicals used and then it was taken away again? Or has it always been a sort of more natural approach? It's always been a natural approach. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and that and there's there's a funny story about it because uh, before my uh, few few months ago, uh, I was uh, I was telling to my grandmother what I was doing in the in the biodynamic fields, mm. and uh, she looked at me. She's like, yeah, "But my father <laughs> was doing that. <laughs> you didn't discover nothing new. <laughs> it's old story." Yeah. So we've been uh, we've been using uh, nettle macerate uh, and um, horsetail tea, mm. rosemary tea, uh, also also back in the days. And then the father of my mother, in between the fifties and the sixties, he he bended to this wave of synthesized chemicals. So he tried for two years to use to use them in the vineyard, mm. and th those were mainly herbicide and pesticide. But then again. You have, you have to think that back in the days, somebody came with a product that would have saved you a lot of time. Of course. And a lot of, a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. But he tried it for only two years. Mm. And then he started uh, start, uh, facing problems with, in the cellar too. Because mm. uh, he, was, he was seeing the lacking of life, uh, botanical and, uh, and animal life in the vineyard. Mm. So less and less species of insects, less and less species of, of uh, plants, mm. of weeds. And then right, right after he faced a lack of life in the wine, mm -hmm. in the fermentations. So he understood that if, if, if he would start that path, so the synthesized chemical path, he, he, should have, he should have go you should have taken the whole package. So yeah. you're using synthesized chemicals in the vineyard and then you're forced to use them as well it's in like the cellar. Effect. Exactly, mm. exactly. It's a never ending. So he stopped after two years of using uh, uh, pesticide. And uh, those are, this is a memory from my grandmother. It took seven years to, wow. to see a kind of a balance again. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because. Uh, it's uh, what we can do to the environment with uh, so little. It's um, yeah, it's important. I mean, we we can wretch an environment in no time. This reminds me of I've read about when you take a course of antibiotics, mm -hmm. and obviously sometimes you have to. Yes, it saves lives every day, but then your intestinal like flora with the bacteria and stuff, it mm -hmm. takes two years to come back to where it was. Two years. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, no, that's, yeah. So bad. After I read that, I'm like, ah, I'm sick, but am I that sick? <laughs> I think uh, I must be really sick. Yes, yes, you might think it twice mm -hmm. before you know it. Also because uh, it's, I mean, the, the intestine, the, the stomach is extremely important. What's happening in there? I mean, there's Michael Pollan, the writer. Yeah, I the, know. The I love him. Mm, what, he's great. I mean, the, what he says about the, the second brain we have, that is the stomach, what's happening through the enzymes mm -hmm. and the, the, the flora in the stomach is extremely important. And those are the little things that uh, maybe we don't notice or we don't think that that might be the cause mm. of our disease, of our how do we feel. Or but mentally as well, you know, this, for oh, yes. sure. 
Mm. Absolutely. Anime sana in corpore sano, they will say. So an, uh, um, a healthy mind or a healthy soul is in a healthy body. Exactly. <laughs> mm. Yeah, in Norway there was a book that became super famous called Gut. In Norwegian it's called Charmen med Tarmen. Okay. But it's also like, it's part cartoon mm. and it also illustrates uh, everything and it's fascinating stuff. <laughs> uh, speaking of... I was going to find a segue into the... Because I want to drink wine. It's right there. And I'm like, <laughs> um, probiotics, healthy, living bacteria. It's all healthy stuff. Should we have some wine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really agree with it. We should be in aperitivo time too. We, yes, we are. Sort of. so. yeah, good enough. Um, where do you want to start? Well, uh, I, I would say we can start uh, with the with the Asinoi mm. and uh, and then we go on on the Sisto, but we might also open both of them. Yeah. Because the uh, Sisto needs uh, needs some oxy oxygen. We can open both. Mm -hmm. um, in Norway, also your wine is known as the donkey wine. Uh, <laughs> your father's uh, not. Uh, entirely uh, intended uh, thing but uh, yeah this is the donkey wine yes. so listeners you've heard about the donkey wine right it's the one with the donkey on it but you have a couple because completo also has the donkey yes a different yeah. shaped donkey yeah <laughs> completo is also quite famous wine in norway it's an easy going easy going wine i've not met anybody who doesn't love it oh wow nice <laughs> it's amazing it's uh Easy drinking, but still food friendly. You can use yeah. it for anything. You can present it to people who are not familiar with the concept of more natural wine, or mm -hmm. you can present it to somebody who loves natural wine and both will love yeah. it. But that, that, that was kind of the, the, the idea. The idea beyond the completo was to, to have a farmer wine back. Mm -hmm. So a wine that you could drink without necessarily thinking of, oh, I'm opening a bottle. Which bottle should I open? Mm. Because uh, that's also the screw cap. It's, it's meant to exactly. open and close just to get a glass. Because in our, in our family, uh, wine is not a luxury product, but is, uh, is related to food. Mm -hmm. Wine, it is food. So having having a wine that you can drink without thinking too much of what you are drinking, like uh, or like food pairing or stuff like that, is is important as well mm. to 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 put it lower to put the wine lower on the ground. Yeah, to have everyday use. Oofba. Okay, well, uh, <coughs> cheers. Skull. Skull. <laughs> You've been to Norway a few times, haven't mm. you, by the way? I've been to Norway a few times. I lived in That's Oslo. That's what I heard, but I wasn't sure if it was, well, if I was right. But there you go. It's a Smalhans tattoo. I noticed. <laughs> Did you work at Smalhans? One year and a half. Yeah. Oh my God, really? Great what, experience. When? Uh, between 2015 and 2017. Ah, I wasn't living in Norway at the time. Uh -uh. Mm. Uh, cool. Great experience. Yeah. Great, a, lot, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And um, and uh, thanks to thanks to the restaurant, thanks to Smallans, I, I I could learn more about also Norwegian traditional food, and that's uh, oh, that was fascinating, fascinating. Thanks to Smallans, um, I, I I managed to to go and um, and work at the Korsvoldgård mm -hmm. in Valer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amazing, amazing experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
So yeah, I, I love the place. And I hope this, it means a staff price for life. Yes, <laughs> I hope, I, I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had this in a long time, actually. Mm -hmm. well, this what is vintage a is it? 2021. 21, yeah. mm -hmm. 21 vintage. And uh, as you know, it's... Um, is a Barbera, 100% Barbera, uh, is a blend of mm -hmm. uh, four vineyards, from four vineyards of Barbera. Uh, two vineyards are facing east and two others are facing west. So from the east one, we get a lot of concentration because they get the sun when it rises and then they are, they are not really tall hills, so they get also a lot of the sun in the evening. Mm. And the other one facing west, they get uh, they get the sun later on the day, and they and then so they have less hour of light, and then they they uh, they get the sun also in a in a part of the day where the plant is resting, because plants they do photosynthesis uh, until they have water to afford it. So in in a regular vintage, uh, the plant will photosynthesize from sunrise till uh, 2 30 pm in a critical vintages uh, they will they will do a shorter photosynthesis because then they close the stomates and they start taking in the humidity from the evening uh, from the evening weather mm. and um, and so the blend of those well now this that was a <laughs> but a, a interesting bra though. Bra but yeah sorry i got i get lost in uh, how the plants works please sometimes. continue it's great and uh, and so the, the the fact that those fields they are facing two of them are facing east so so they get a lot of sun when the plant is ready to work so when the plant is doing a lot of photosynthesis helps on the concentration of the of the of the of the grape mm. so the sugars uh, uh, good good texture good uh, good also skin uh, skin um, uh, yeah texture mm. or the so that means uh, Quick, uh, stronger, stronger um, tannins, mm. uh, or stronger, uh, a, a, dif a different, a different or deeper color. Mm. While uh, the one facing west, uh, we we pick the grapes when they are ready, because we don't pick the grapes early. Mm. You you need to pick the fruit when it's ready. But facing two different suns, or facing two different, um, having two different um, effects of the sun, it makes one bodied and fruity and the other one fresher and light. So the blend of those four vineyards, it becomes Asinoi. Mm. <laughs> Even if it's an easygoing wine, there's, there, there is a lot of thinking beyond. <laughs> <When it's not laughs> Absolutely. Well, it feels meaning. like a lot in music, I find, uh, you know, the most simple uh, music, uh, mm -hmm. especially in classical, or it's the most technical in a way, because yeah. making something simple is really hard mm -hmm. or simple, you know, deceptively easygoing, likable. Yeah, easy without something that um, is not boring, mm. but is uh, yeah simple in that way with that in that with uh, with what you meant. Ooh. Mm. So it's been a while since I tasted it, but it's a bit fresher than last time, I think. No. Mm, well, it's a is a is a son. Uh, every every wine is uh, is a son of the vintage. Mm. Every wine is what a son was twenty one like? Twenty twenty one was not really the worst one. Mm. Let's say that uh, I remember twenty one. We we had um we had some good rains in between mm. the white variety harvest and the and the red variety harvest. So that helped us because uh, 
as soon as uh, good rain uh, fall or fall down, the the grape it start to grow. Mm -hmm. But you see it from day to day mm. because they are collecting water, so they get bigger and uh, they get kind of uh, diluted yeah, as well. Less concentration. Yeah. Less concentration, and that means more freshness. Mm. And you have some clay as well, which holds water. Yeah. But yeah. then for you, you're in the dry part, so Ma I guess that's not a problem for you. No, exactly. Mm. Mainly, mainly our soil are made of uh, clay, lime and sand. Mm. And I uh, think that millions of years ago, that was a uh, sea bottom. Yeah. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good material in, in our hills. And then you can find some spots around the hills that are whitish soil where there's more uh, chalk uh, and limestone. Mm. That, that's that's a different uh, reaction of the clay mm. to to the environment. There's uh, some some soils, they belong to water pressure. Some other soils, they belong to to um, the movement of mm. the of the land like the the yeah the, in italian is the tonica zolle yeah I, I don't know in english but no but i understand what you mean yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um because you mentioned before we started recording that uh, and also now again that you do some white varieties so i've never tasted any of your white wines mm, mm, mm. No, they, are they in the norwegian market no there, there's only the moscato the sweet moscato okay uh, sweet lightly sparkling low haven't tried it jürgen Come on! <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> but you also do whites that are not yeah. sweet? Or? Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. We do only two, two white labels. Hmm. And uh, one is a dry Moscato. Because, uh, again, talking about freedom of expression, mm -hmm. in 1992, my father started to experiment on the Moscato grape. Because uh, he's a great fan of uh, dry aromatic wines. Mm -hmm. Big fan of Gewürztraminer, Traminer. Uh, he loves the, the powerful aromas, mm -hmm. the floral aromas. And the only grape we have, the only main, or no, I think it's the only really aromatic grape we have in Piemonte is Moscato. Mm -hmm. And so he tried it in 1992 to do a, his version of a dry and floral white wine. Mm -hmm. So we do a dry Moscato uh, that is tricky to make because Moscato is quite sensible to oxidation mm. and uh, our soils uh, they develop kind of a, kind of a weird tendencies with the skin contact of Moscato mm. in a way that uh, if the skin contact of Moscato of our mus of our Moscato in uh, in in San Marzano so due to the soil with a long skin contact uh, all those terpenes they turn into bitter mm. really hard to mm. remove so it's, it's a tricky it's a tricky wine uh, to make but we, we manage to so to you do a bit of skin maceration or five days okay and uh, only one third of the total mass mm. so so really a light just to just to give him some color mm. and some protection from the oxidation because mm. even if it's a white wine we keep on not adding sulfates mm. so if we don't if we don't uh, use uh, one way we need to be more focused on the other of course <laughs> and then we do uh, another white wine that is a blend between uh, two varieties one is favorita mm. and uh, the other one is uh, caricalasino Okay. Which in Italian means load up the donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And is is a is a is a is a Piedmontese variety. Mm -hmm. We are only four producer in the whole Piemonte. 
having this variety and we are the only one so far as far as i know making it in a natural way yeah and that wow. one and that one we blend it um we blend it with uh, uh, favorita and some uh, cortese mm. as well nice and the uh, caricalasin is a nice is a nice variety because it's really mineral almost oily as a, as a as a mouse sensation mm. and uh, and is extremely interesting but uh, to to make it drinkable we needed to blend it with uh, something a bit a bit fresher mm. with cortese for example mm. so he it has a sour shoulder to balance the to balance the flavor to Ooh. be more balanced that sounds so interesting again mm. jürgen where is my wine <laughs> um yeah i also i love a little bit of the oiliness and also me and Anne, we made a column for the newspaper about um, like wine faults that are more common in natural wines. And obviously we wrote about uh, ropiness. Uh-huh. And we had this discussion because ropiness with the right wine, a little bit, I kind of love it. It's like a guilty <laughs> pleasure, but like a, like a, quite like a ripe Chenin Blanc, for example, where yep. you have like the quite tropical little bit of honey. And then if it's a little bit ropey as well, it's mm-hmm. almost, it's, it's kind of nice. It gives it, it gives it that hint. Mm-hmm. It gives it a nice touch, a nice mm-hmm. texture. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to, it's nice to bite on the wine as well, yep. having that feeling to, to fulfill the, the taste buds. Uh, Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is the discussion I o- often have with um, classically trained sommeliers is that, uh, yeah, dear listener, if you could see his face right now, <laughs> uh, no, but because if you have a so-called a wine fault, but it works well with the wine, mm. then it's not a fault. No, exactly. Exactly. I don't, um, uh, it's, um, I, that, that's something that I never, I mean, I never really really understood properly because mm. uh, it's important to know about wine but it's also important to be open-minded mm. or to see it as a product not build up with a certain flavor certain uh, certain uh, smells uh, certain color this is what i find uh, classical sommelier training is all about it's about finding the right answer it's almost like math it's like if it doesn't have this right answer mm. then the wine is wrong and it doesn't matter if it tastes nice because it has something wrong it doesn't taste like a wine should taste and then uh, which it's means not nothing. a good wine <laughs> i know right which means nothing exactly because it, where, where do you put the since since wine is a product of uh, human beings and it's not a product of a machine it i shouldn't f- be anyway exactly <laughs> i found necessary necessarily that uh, you feel the human touch or the the, the winemaker intention in mm. the wine mm. because uh, if every wine needs to taste more or less the same where is the fun of drinking wine i mean it's uh, and that <laughs> it's is the boring. history of the wine and the vintage and also if you have like a small like a mistake or a flaw then it's also telling the story about the vintage so it makes that, it more yeah. interesting or even i spoke to just one uh, two episodes ago about her financial status because she's a young winemaker, she's just getting started and she said right now she needs to make young wines that needs to sell. She can't afford to to make the style of wine which you need to age in the cellar for a long time to release. Yeah. So of course that has become part of her brand because that is her story. She's a young winemaker and her story 
about her starting on her own as a young female with no inheritance, no heritage of winemaking, no nothing. Wow, that's brave. Oh that's, my uh, God. She brave. sold all of her stuff, whole apartment, and moved into a shared winery. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, I'll send you the episode when it comes out. Please. Oh, she's so cool. And then that becomes the flavor of the wine, but it's also her story, right? Mm -hmm. And you can be like, oh, I don't like simple fruit forward, simple fruit forward wines. But it's like, but it's not about, oh, okay, you can like it or not like it. But that's also her story, yeah. you know? Yes. I think that is what is so fascinating. It um, is. That you can also read so much about the life of the winemaker and in most the wine. And in, in that case, most of the wine comes good because there is the intention. There is something that pushed that is not, uh, is not uh, just making money, but mm. is uh, following, again, a passion because she sold everything. She were, so she, 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 she started a brand new life and mm -hmm. that's her point, to make wine. And uh, there's nothing that helps you more than passion and, and sometimes also the necessity of mm. doing things. Because uh, necessity makes the, 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 the humans smarter. <laughs> this is true. Um, coming back to your area, Piemonte, and you mentioned uh, you don't know anybody who does the, um, the donkey variety in, mm -hmm. in a natural way. What is your neighborhood and immediate surroundings like? Are you the only natural producer there? Are there many of you? Well, in... Mm, we have to take it from different, uh, different, um, different sides because, for example, in San Marzano, we are the only one. Mm. In, uh, in, a, in a 15 kilometers area, there might be two more. And then in a 50 kilometers areas, the one I can, uh, the one I can recall now, maybe there's more, but it, they are less than 10. Mm. So if you, if you, we are not that many and we are not close mm -hmm. to each other in a, in, a, in a sense that we are in different villages and uh, we have vineyards in different places. We are close because we all know each other, of course. <laughs> we help each other when, when needed, mm. but we are not physically close. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and that's a bit annoying. It's a bit sad. Uh, but there's always, uh, from my point of view, there's always a, a hope that uh, the, the neighbors facing vintage after vintage, they, they might start asking, well, why don't we get closer to a, a, a different approach mm. to the vineyards? Because um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sad because I'm surrounded by, by a conventional farmer. I'm not sad for that because I'm not worried about my soil. I'm, I'm sad for them. Mm. I'm worried about their soil because my soil is going to be healthy. Mm. And uh, you can see it in, uh, in two meter distances mm. where, where, where is dead and where is alive. So Actually, you can see I forgot to show you. We have a photo of this in the book as well. Because ah. Anna took a photo um, of where yours is ending. Yeah. And then the other one is starting. And you see to the right, there's grass and life and then the next one is just dead it's just <laughs> yeah. wine plants and then the soil is like desert like afghanistan yeah <laughs> it's yeah. brown and dry exactly which is also like how you are used to seeing photos of um wine fields when you don't work with wine though that's yeah. like normal for people yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. but it's, it's also normal for the farmers because yeah. uh, 
there's a different perception. If you if you ask to uh, to uh, the traditional uh, uh, conventional farmer, what does it mean for you to have a clean vineyard? Well, a clean vineyard is a vineyard with only vineyard. Mm. If you if I ask you, what do you mean? What do you what do you think when I ask you what is a a, a clean vineyard? You might think, uh, oh, a clean vineyard is clean from chemicals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there are two two views <laughs> of the same of the same of the same uh, environment, mm. and and that's something that goes over. It's not neither knowledge of the person, the people. It's it's just tradition and an attitude. Mm. It's, it's in in that case is. Um, I don't want to be uh, um, uh, kind of philosophical, but it's kind of the capitalism into farming. And it's, it's nothing new, huh? It's nothing new because uh, if, if, if you read uh, Steinbeck, I don't know if you read uh, Grape of Wrath mm -hmm. from Steinbeck. Back in the day, I did, yeah. So, 1939, mm. and he's, he's, he's have, they, are, they were having the same problem we're having now. Mm -hmm. For the soil, uh, the soil gets poor, and then machinery gets in the soil. Yeah. There is a phrase that I remember in uh, in that book that uh, there is this farmer complaining because already in 1939 he's saying the fact the problem is that the owners of the land is somebody that he never he never walk on his land because they were already big big owners big big corporation having the land mm. investing on the land maybe mm. they were insurance corporation or banks owning the land. And uh, those guys, they they looked at the land as uh, as something to squeeze, and that's the concept. The owner of the land he never walks on mm. his land, and that and that's and that's uh, take off all the respect and the knowledge uh, for the soil. Also, I I think I think also because since humankind's walk on on uh, walk on her. They give, uh, they they give uh, the soil for granted. Mm. They give what there's under the soil for granted. They give uh, the presence of a tree for granted. So the the interest it stops there. I think we know more things about the ocean than the soil. <laughs> I, I I think just because we 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 walk on it, so it's uh, we give it we 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 think is ours. Just because we we walk on it, mm. and uh, but that's not uh, that's not uh, the way of treating, to res of respect an environment. I agree, and also we're just so used to it being there and giving and giving and yeah. Hopefully that will change. It has to, <laughs> and it is slowly, or at least like the I feel the consciousness. Obviously, every big company right now has to talk about sustainability and uh, some is greenwashing and they talk about it, but they don't do a lot. But mm -hmm. I feel just the public conversation the last 10 years has just been more and more about sustainability. I spoke to Marta Stuman uh, in California on Teams uh, for my book and she told me the biggest grower in California is now converting to biodynamic Boom. because of the money. But they also recognize this is what sells. And it's still good, even if they're doing it for capitalist purposes. Yeah. It's still good. Mm. So, and, you know, a lot, of, um, a lot of bigger wineries and also importers have their own, like, natural wine oh, yes, line. Yes. Which I think 
is a shame, but at the same time, it shows that the conversation is forcing this. Mm. They can see that we need to look at this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. From one from one point or the other is is going in a good direction. Mm -hmm. If it's because of the will or because of the money, at least uh, there's a less and the less. Goal is That's the true. Same. That's true. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully, it reaches uh, fast uh, a, a nice level of um, of uh, so more and more farms. Even big company kept on uh, kept on moving toward the ecological point yeah, of view. It has to. We need to do it fast. <laughs> yeah. The main problem. Again, like we spoke about before we started to record, like uh, it's very hot in your uh, part of the world right it now. It is. It is very hot. We are facing. Uh, we are facing uh, weird weird time or changing time. Mm. Um, and so, as a as a keeper of the land. Is, that's what a farmer is, I would say. He's a keeper, he's a guardian of his land. Uh, we need to, farming needs to change as well, mm -hmm. together with the weather. Also because uh, small, uh, small changings, they do a lot in our environment, in the natural environment. That just being that uh, one Celsius degrees, uh, that ra every, every, for every Celsius degrees that raises uh, on Earth, so the, the earth temperature getting hotter and hotter. Uh, there is the 15% chances of spontaneous fires mm. in the wood. And uh, without thinking that the same, um, for the same reason, the, the, the metabolism of insects and pests is increased, is improved because mm -hmm. of, of the temperature rising. And uh, the plants cannot... Uh, cannot afford, they don't have water and they cannot afford to do the, all the photosynthesis, the photosynthesis they should. Mm. So when a small thing is only one Celsius degrees, it changes four more, other four or five um, balance situation that then they, they're going to end fucking up the whole system. Sorry for that. <laughs> Sorry you can for swear that. as much as you like. But, uh, but, that's, uh, but, that, but that's how it works. The balance in nature, they are, they are really thin mm. and, uh, and, uh, and little. But uh, as soon as you take the smallest, the smallest, uh, the smallest uh, uh, character in the, in the natural environment, every, every other one is going to fall down. If you take the big one, Nothing was gonna happen. Like if you if you erase human human race from herf, hmm. herf will do just oh, fine. Oh yeah. But if you, if you take off bees, everything goes yeah. away. <laughs> everything everything fall down. So you take the smallest one and you're gonna you're gonna fuck up <laughs> everything. Like the butterfly effect, that yes. movie, <laughs> <laughs> which I haven't seen for years. I remember loving it when I was mm -hmm. like a teenager. Don't know if it's still good. I haven't seen uh, it. I think it's, I think it's those kind of movie that that grow with you. Mm -hmm. So every time you watch it, you have I a different. I saw it was uh, on HBO r r just now, so maybe I should ah. uh, watch it again. <laughs> Ooh, this smells good. This is the Sisto. Mm. Tell me, this is a collaboration with Nondos. Directly. This is a collaboration with yeah. Nondos. Yes, it's our only Van der Mm. So it's, uh, it's the and only for listeners, sorry, Nondos is the importing company of Carusin. Yeah, mm. yeah, for, for many years now. Yes, mm. yes. 
And uh, this is our first uh, and only Vandane Goss. So um, Vandane Goss is, is a wine that you, you buy the grape and, uh, and you make the wine. So the grape is not yours grape. And um, thanks, to, thanks to Jürgen, um, we, managed to, we managed to pick and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and bring to, to our cellar every year 13 lines of Nebbiolo mm. from La Morra. So the core of the Barolo production. And, uh, and then we do um, a brutal fermentation mm. uh, because this wine is a Nebbiolo from La Morra that it doesn't touches any wood, it doesn't, it doesn't ages in barrique, it doesn't ages in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in any container except for bottle. Mm. So this is a Nebbiolo that is fermented. 2019 is still fermented in fiberglass. From 2020, um, we started using an amphora. Mm. And uh, the, only, the only rule we have on this wine is to to bottle it the summer after the harvest. Mm. So it's a really it, that's the concept of bottling the wine early to keep the, the freshness. Mm, mm, mm. And, uh, and then of course it goes out in the market at least three years after bottling because still it needs time. This is time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this has been a collaboration because we were interested in uh, in uh, understanding a bit more what makes a wine good or why certain areas are well well known and famous all around the world is because of the human touch like the, the aging uh, the barrel the container or it is because of the texture of the soil the age of the the, the age of the vineyard mm. the exposition and so we found out that the only way to discover it was to make a wine as with the less anthropic touch as possible. Mm. So fiberglass fermentation and then uh, and then bottled with a crown cap, mm. not neither a, a regular cork. Mm. And now um, now they they have this um, this crown cap. You see, they have little bumps in mm -hmm. here, and those are uh, they are developing new new crown cap to to age the wine, mm. so they can trap some air. Okay. You can have an oxidation of the wine. Cool. I didn't know. Yeah, that's also a thing. So I've been reading about a few different cork variations lately, but not this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've read also about this sugar cane corks. Have you read about those? That's, that's that is uh, what you read. Yeah, the oh normal cork. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also a. It's a, it looks it looks plastic. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't look nice, but. Uh, uh, it's um, it allows air to go through. Yeah, and you it's can order different kind of uh, perforation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's what for I read about. Uh, so for, cool. for for a longer lasting uh, wine or for a shorter uh -huh. for, for a shorter uh, lasting wine, and uh, and that's that's I think is a is a nice choice to use those kind of corks because, uh, well, first of all, it's compostable, hundred percent. Mm. And uh, and then is a byproduct of a byproduct. Exactly. Sugarcane is affecting the planet quite a lot, almost like uh, uh, oil palms, because uh, it's uh, it's a plant that takes a lot from the soil, mm. and there's a lot of uh, byproduct because you just squeeze the canes, and then the fiber 
is fiber really hard to mm. compost? <clears throat> so, so this cork is based on that fiber. So it's a polymer of sugarcane fiber. Mm. So something that will be really hard to compost. Now it becomes something that you can throw it together with your with your veggies and uh, with your veggies uh, leftover, mm. <laughs> and it, it 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 will become something else. It's so funny. I was just doing research about this. <laughs> so here it is. But I, I maybe I've seen it, but I haven't known about what it was. You know? Yeah. 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 That's so cool. And then this. So this collects the amazing. And now they are developing a new also screw cork mm -hmm. to to age the wine. Nice. So exactly. I'm a big fan of screw cork for practical purposes. <laughs> Being a person who always likes to be able to have a glass whenever I want. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. In Italy is is a. Is a it's a slippery slope, the, the screw cork, because <laughs> when, I need, when, uh, when, uh, when somebody from a wine, I guess, somebody from a wine uh, producing country sees something new that goes against tradition, mm -hmm. it related it to, to cheap. Mm. <laughs> so screw cork in Italy now, is, now is, uh, is working out. But five, ten years ago, it was like the, the, the devil. I feel it's a bit the same here. <laughs> same with Baggin box or like, because you also did the kerosene lately on a Bagnum. Yeah, on, I, on Bagnum. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. I heard it somewhere and I thought it was great. <laughs> um, yes, so, so the listeners who don't know, Karus, I've written about this as well. Kerosene has made like, a, it's like a Baggin box, but without the box. So it's just a bag and it's a Magnum size. So Bagnum. And 1.5 liters, uh, which is so practical, handy. Especially for me, I love going camping and, uh, you know. Yeah, it is also lightly fashion yeah. as well. Cause it's I nice. think it's so cool. It's, it's like a it's handbag. A little, exactly. It's a pochette. <laughs> it's a fine pochette. Mm. <laughs> but that, also, this was trash. And now I think it's being recognized that it's uh, yeah. better. Yeah, also because, uh, again, mainly... <laughs> going away from the tradition is also mainly is the ecological point of view because then uh, for example the the the, the pouch bag <laughs> uh, the the, the bagnum <laughs> that's uh, uh, that's a version of a bagging box mm. but uh, everything of the of the bagnum is recyclable and uh, so the the plastic is a specific recyclable plastic mm -hmm. uh, together with the tap like the key cakes exactly mm. exactly so you can you can do something like something uh, something uh, with um, with your trash which is the treasure of the world mm. to reuse to to use again and uh, think about how many how many how many different materials there are on a on a on a wine bottle mm. there's glass there's paper there's plastic there's the cork in and uh, not not all of this is 100% recyclable. So, for example, a cork solution, it might be, it is or the natural cork or the aluminum corks, mm. like crown cap or screw cap, because uh, those are the only ones that are, well, the, the, the natural cork is compostable. Mm. But the aluminum one, they are fully recyclable. Uh, aluminum is one of the few materials you can recycle 100% of it. Mm. So there is no waste. It takes a lot of electricity to, to transform, but is a is a is a no buy is no leftover recyclable uh, good. Mm. 
<laughs> Sorry, Hordika. It's okay. You were out with Matthias last night. I completely understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I come to town, I, I meet my fa- my second family. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I think I will let you rest and cough in peace because we need to wrap up now. Okay. Um, okay. But it was really lovely to have you. And thank you so much for bringing and presenting your beautiful wines, Asinoi and Sisto. I'm going to write the note in the show notes. So if you're wondering what we've been drinking during this episode, then you can just check the so- show notes and go to Vinmonopole and order it. I'm not sponsored by Vinmonopole. That would be great. I'm just... <laughs> Sharing the joy of wine for free. Vinmonopoli, you can thank me later. And uh, Matteo, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Elisa. Thanks a, a lot. It's <laughs> been really nice being here. <laughs> really, thank really you. interesting. Skål! 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 Som alltid, tusen tack till mina fantastiska gäster. Tusen tack till Marius Vabo som har lagat logoen till podcasten och Hans Andreas Låke som har lagat musiken. Har du lust att lära ända mer om naturvin? Om du blir medlem och betalar 30 kronor i månaden så får du tillgång till allt bonusmaterialet. Lär mer på shows.acast.com/lisevinsant.